Thank you for tuning in to our podcast recorded live each week. Now sit back and enjoy the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Tighten your life vests, wrap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Good morning, Chattanooga area. Tony Sanders Outdoors is live on the air from the banks of the beautiful Tennessee River. Right here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, very much like a sauna in Chattanooga. Hotter than Hades. True that. Wait a minute. That was not the trout professor in my ear. What is it? What is it? Hello, Carter. Where did he go? Good morning. Roberto is not with us. Yes, dear fly professor Rob is uh, caught up in the entanglements of our judicial system. Yes, he is. I, I didn't have the bail money to get him out. Well, and before y'all think he got caught finally selling spotted owl feathers to tie up salmon flies, he is doing his civic duty uh, for our fair nation. And Tony couldn't find any more warm bodies, so he asked me to come in because he knows I wake up early and might as well come in and provide color commentation. There you go. Welcome. Glad you're here. Glad to be here. Do you can you can you fill in for Rob for fishing questions if we get any? I will do my best. I can fish. You have I, fished. I, I have fished. I I can cast a fly. I can cast a plug. I can cast doubt. I can. <laughs> <laughs> I can uh, I can cast lots of things. So um, if it's information needed, I can attempt so, to do that. So I got a question for you. I was, and it's it's funny. I was. You asked about my dog Gunner earlier this morning, and when we were chit-chatting, and so as I was walking Gunner, and like, dude, it's it's ninety-nine degrees. Do something. <laughs> you know, the air conditioning in the house is much better than out here. Uh, so as I'm I'm walking him yesterday, I'm thinking, so is Carter a generalist like me, or is he a snob like Rob? And or maybe a combination of both. I, I am not a a Rob snob, Rob a fly Rob snob. Okay, I, I'm not of that scholastic. Matter of fact, if you look into my back of my car right now, I have spinning tackle. Well, and that's the reason I call Rob a snob, and he doesn't appreciate it as much as I do. But the reason I do is, you know, Rob is, I guess he just turned fifty, right? Yeah, I think so. So, I was with him when he bought his first spinning tackle at Sportsman's Warehouse. Um, and actually he may have won something and then we added to it or whatever. So I'm with him in his forties when he buys his first spinning rod. To me, that makes him a snob. I I would concur. Okay. Uh, I, w- I don't wish to cast dispersions on a man here who's no, not here to defend himself, but well, that's okay. We do it all the time. We, uh, we went fishing up on the Holston river with my friend Scotty Lewis, uh, last year and Scotty, Scotty ties flies for every kind of creature you can imagine. But, Rob, at that day, Scotty said, we're going to do a lot better using tubes on spinning tackle. 
Rob's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm a good fly fisherman. I think I'll do this. And he is a great fly caster. He yes. can put a fly a long ways away in a spot right where he wants it. Exactly. Wherever he wants it, he can put it there. That's right. But it wasn't where the fish wanted it. I understand. So Scotty and I proceed to start catching some really nice smallmouth on the tubes the way Scotty said, hey, let's do it this way. And Rob catches a dink that was about maybe half again larger than the popping bug that he was using for a fly. <laughs> and uh, finally he goes, well, uh, can, I, can I try one of those spinning rods there maybe? I don't just, uh, uh, how do you use this thing? Now, and to his credit, he did not flip flip the, the reel up on top and, and attempt to cast it that way. And lo and behold, he started catching 19, 20-inch smallmouth just like Scotty said to do it. Wow. When in doubt, do what the guide tells you to do. There is, there is, uh, there is truth in that. Uh, the, I remember the first time, other than saltwater, that I used a guide was on the White River. And this was many years ago. Out in Arkansas, right? Out in Arkansas, yes, sir. And so we're, we're going out. And and I don't remember. I think he's dead now. His name was Bob. We called him Corn Cob Bob because he smoked a corn cob pipe. <laughs> and he was not, you know, this was I was probably in my thirties, so he would have. He was probably in his fifties. I was getting there to say, but he wasn't that old. But he still smoked this corn cob pipe. And we're not really sure what was in the pipe. We just know he was smoking a pipe. That rabbit backy. Yes, I'm pretty sure. He was. He was. Um, he was a throwback. To the 60s there is no doubt in my mind very good he 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 in, he thrived in the 60s so we're fishing and and we're using you know spinning tackle and and all this and uh, we were we were not catching a lot of fish he said hey i got a trick so he puts something on our hook okay throw it out there boom boom just and so after when we when we stopped to to have lunch that day, we said, "Well, what was that you put on there?" It was a bean bag bean, a bean bag chair. Right. It was the bean out of it. Little styrofoam. Little styrofoam beam that raised our bait just enough off the bottom to entice the fish. Uh huh. And if you and and I, I right then I said if I had not been using a guide on the arc, I, who would have ever thought of to use a bean bag bean. Wow. But the guides there had stumbled on that somehow. Why, I don't know. But they had stumbled on it somehow, and they knew that that worked at, in that particular river at that time. Wow. That's like, that's what guides are about. That is true. Yeah, the um, good a good man that I knew, um, we called him Archie Dan, uh, lived in Heber Springs, and uh, guided there on the Little Red. And actually helped invent the first jet sled uh, boat, which are okay. basically very long, narrow j- uh, John boats with a jet foot, like a 40-horse jet foot on it. And um, he said, we're going to fish with sow bugs on a little red. And it was a double, like a sow bug and a, a little s- tiny shrimp-looking fly that he gave us, and we tied it on. And, and that was fine, but casting a... A double rig it gets gets old and sure and you get tangled and all this stuff and and i was catching some fish they were yeah dinky rinky dinks and stuff and i was like well i'm gonna 
I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. And so I put a brown woolly booger on there, which is my go-to mm-hmm. favorite favorite fly. To, if I'm not getting anything, let's try that. And I hooked into a trout that was big. When I say big, I've caught eight-pound bass and smaller. I don't think I've ever bested eight pounds on a bat. This yeah. trout could chomp a big, giant hole out of the face of a eight-pound largemouth. Okay. Big fish. Big brown trout. And this fish immediately jumped once, twice, and then took off downstream and wrapped me around a tree and was gone. And um, I'm standing there, of course, with a dangling leader and nothing on it. And it was fun. But uh, then I asked uh, ask Arky Dan, well, well, well man, I, I want to do that. He goes, you're, you're going to get that every time, buddy. He goes, y- if, if you like retying and doing all that, sure, you can target that. He goes, but uh, the only way to catch those is when the water's up and you're in a boat and you're drifting and you can horse, you know, maneuver that fish around the obstacles. He goes, well, like this, you ain't going to do it. So guides know what they're doing yeah, for a reason. They do. They do. Lots of them, many of them. I and, have, and Rob likes to say it's God, not God. True that. I have been uh, with another guide in Florida who was, shall we say, drunk as a monkey riding a bicycle. Okay. Uh, absolutely. His his deckhand looked like he had literally just picked him up from jail. He may have. And it was, I took my family and we went out on the ocean and looking for this great big game fishing trip. It was Absolutely ridiculous. We spent all the time riding around. The guy was didn't know how to use his electronics, didn't know how to do anything. It, it, was, it was horrible. It was 600 bucks that, you know, I wish I had just gone down the road and handed out to. You at least got some enjoyment out of it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, um, it, it, is, it, it is a finicky task, I would think, uh, trying to do that and try to meet the expectations of your clients as well as, you know, watch out for their safety, which is probably the number one thing that uh, that a guide would need to do. Well, watching, um, not showing up drunk would be a, a good step in the right direction. <laughs> that, that would be uh, OSHA requirement number one, I would think. Well, that was, I don't know if you, I know uh, I, I, you cracked me up calling it the book of face, but uh, you probably, you're probably one of these guys that really uses it a lot, not just someone who's an amateur at it like you often protest <laughs> but um i posted the other day that um tofil down in uh, louisiana the guy that i fished with in there who died about a month ago now uh he was he was known for taking people out on um, planes they would fly out to the barrier islands in louisiana yeah and uh and, and fish and uh, and he died uh in august um uh, and uh, they they crashed, and uh, but he was just recommended by the Coast Guard for some kind of posthumous award for, and and, and I and it didn't surprise me, but he had actually when he died he was actually had saved his clients, wow. before he died, wow. or he died in the process of saving his clients. So the Coast Guard actually made the. Uh, the recommendation for uh, 
for his award, and I, it's it's a it's an award. It's a, a very high civilian award, but he had done, and, and it was funny because, again, you, you get to know people when you're in their camp and whatever, and it didn't surprise me. And and when when he when he died, I was conversing with some friends of mine down in in New Orleans, and uh, I I made the comment to them. I said it wouldn't surprise me if if he lost his life saving theirs. Right. Which is what a guy should do. Yeah, I mean, there it's a big responsibility, and I've talked to um, Richard Sims quite often. And one of the things that really a burr under his saddle, so to speak, is to be a captain like he is, like a Coast Guard approved, going through all the courses and stuff. There's a lot of training that goes involved. Mm-hmm. It's not just I go down there, pay a few hundred bucks, and get. Right, the oh, captain's yeah. license. You know, you got all kinds of um, medical training, CPR. You got all that stuff that they got to know, uh, and and that's one of the things that he says. You know, distinguishes a real guide versus someone that's just taking you out fishing. For sure, is is the training and the the commitment to professionalism and things like that. Well, and it, it takes a tremendous amount of work. It's not just hey, show up and we'll go fishing. I mean, the, the, the amount of preparation that they have to do, uh, I mean, scouting, but, I mean, just the mechanical preparation on, on keeping their boats oh, yeah. um, up to date and, and, you know, ensuring that all their equipment's safe. And, sure. Um, and like in any profession, there's good ones, there's bad ones. And um, Richard Sims, speaking of professional Facebookers, <laughs> um, he, uh, he seems to, to know his stuff, uh, at least – for the photographs that he puts on the book of face and all the giant catfish that um, that they procure from our local waterways, and he uh, he's 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 pretty darn good at it. I have to give him credit. Yeah, he's uh, he's one of the good ones. I'd I'd love to hear more details about his hunting trip to Argentina. You know what? I got you covered, man. Really? He is going to be in here next week talking about the Argentina trip. Well, that sounds exciting. I would love to hear it, except I'm going to be deer hunting down in South Georgia. But, comma, the Book of Face will have it out there in uh, foreverness. And, Excellent. And you can always catch Tony Sanders Outdoors podcast. So I could, I could sit in a deer stand with it being 97 degrees mm-hmm. with my earbuds mm-hmm. on iHeartRadio and listen. You can actually listen to it live that way. Wouldn't that be cool? It's possible. Yes, swatting or using the talk radio app, all that stuff. Technology but, is but tremendous. If you are more interested in hunting or sleeping at that point and then hunting, you can do that and just know that we got you covered. It'll be on Facebook and it'll also be um, on podcast. Once again, technology saves the day. Awesomeness. All right, we're going to pay our first bills of the morning. Tony Sanders Outdoors. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors came on the air. Sportsman's Warehouse has been one of our premier sponsors as they were the first and longest-lasting large retailer in our area. They are your one-stop source for hunting and fishing equipment, firearms and supplies, camping, boating, outdoor clothing, and so much more. There are two differences about Sportsman's Warehouse, their people and their support of the conservation efforts that matter to you. No other retailer in our area supports locally like Sportsman's Warehouse. 
Great indoors for those who love the great outdoors Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Hanging with you and the Beaver Man this morning. So how'd you get the name Beaver Man? That's... Well, it, I like it better than your other one, but that's just the, me. the pansy. Man. That's what that's the way it started. I, dear, dear Wally, many many years ago, okay, um, put out the feelers over there. He goes, man, my yard looks like crap. I need some help, and so I called him. Said, hey, I'll come out, and and so there was a, a an instant bond. I wouldn't call it love at first sight necessarily, but Wally and I seemed to be kindred spirits okay and then i met his mom nancy lovely lady and probably one of the coolest people i ever met uh for many reasons but one she could outfish about anybody okay she loved to fish and loved to catch fish and she didn't mess around goofing off but um so i was working in wally's yard and i called in with my typical smart aleck comments on the radio, and Wally said, "Well, you're nothing but a pansy man," and so it kind of stuck from there. <laughs> at that point, and then when we lost Wally, it was just—it didn't seem as funny as it as it previously had. Sure. And um, I, you, you know, you can't pick your own nickname, but uh, El Jefe. Um, has, uh, at the time I was calling in and I, I, I was trapping a lot of beavers down in Alabama, uh, for this farmer that we, we used to hunt down and on their property. And he, uh, he, he offered to call me the beaver man gotcha. in lieu of pansy okay. man. So that has kind of stuck. And I, um, it is, is simply because I, I would rest the beavers from their natural habitat and skin them out and use it for i've got a bunch of beaver pelts in my freezer if, if anybody wants some let me know no charge is rob did he ever get one for like time flies i gave him some patches yeah i gave him some chunks uh for for tying his flies okay and um i i don't recall seeing any flies made from that back in my fly box but thanks for reminding me uh, trying to help him out that's right so um one of the things i want to talk about if you don't mind, 
is food plots this time of year. Yeah. I, now, my yard crunches when I walk in it right now. That would probably be from a lack of rain. Yes, and, and lack of watering lack of, I'm not going to water. True. I, I understand that, and it's um, being in the landscape and irrigation business, um, it uh, many times is difficult to make make stuff happen if, if you don't have adequate water, and we have not had any. <laughs> And no pun towards the city of Chattanooga right now. <laughs> no, <laughs> I wasn't going to do that. And it's not the city's fault no. um, because our that part of our infrastructure is owned and operated by a private company. However, accidents occur, and we shan't go there. Now, did they buy? Did they buy the? Because um, I was downtown yesterday. Um, somebody said, "How long are you work?" And I said. Until I can't safely get to a bathroom somewhere. There you go. <laughs> I knew that we didn't have running water in our building. So, right. Uh, so I was able to, to to work part of the day down there. Uh, and then I went home. But, yeah, it was. And, and I didn't think about it. But uh, the bigger concern was for, for the safety of our employees was more in case of a fire. Sure, fire suppression would be the big thing. And I didn't even think about that aspect of it. I thought that I couldn't go down here and go to the bathroom if you want to or couldn't get some ice for your drink or whatever. Right. Yeah. No, there were bigger issues at play. Yeah, and, and I, I think a lot of those uh, big industrial air conditioning units use water to, to keep the cool, the coal coils cool. Absolutely. They're chillers. And, and um, therefore, it would be. Well, I found out something new also about 1035 in the morning. Uh, our servers. Uh overheat if they're not chilled properly uh-oh uh-huh and that now server that's you're not like, talking about someone that brings you no i'm my my your, your food or my your, cappuccino in the morning no. your iced tea and i'm talking about uh the computer server oh right right they are you know if you've ever been into a computer room there's about 60 degrees in there there's a reason for that uh-huh and so about 10 30 in the morning servers started shutting down and overheating uh-oh so they were shutting them down. To, but you can't put water on them to cool them down. No. You know, they used to actually be water-cooled. Really? And there are still some that are. And ours might be. I don't know. But uh, they started shutting servers down because of uh, heating issues. Sure. So it, the people that had chosen not to come to the office and were working from home suddenly couldn't work from couldn't home. Couldn't work from home. So Yeah, like Kevin said yesterday, it was a snow day when it was 103 degrees. Yes. <laughs> oh. So, um, yeah, I'm just curious if any callers out there have any other great Friday the 13th full moon stories to, to uh, add That's going to be hard to top that one. It really is when you think about it. Sure enough. And I, mean, I, was, I was talking to my wife last night. I'm like, think about how many millions of dollars were lost yesterday. Oh, yeah, just, just shut down. And the question is, who's responsible? Is anybody responsible? Is anybody, is anybody on the hook for that lost revenue? All the restaurants in downtown were shut down. Hotels yeah. are having troubles. Um, in theory, companies, uh, Blue Cross was having trouble. Unum was having trouble. Uh, their employees were, you know, Blue Cross brought in porta toilets, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it was a. It's, it's a big deal. And um, let's hope that uh, everything is back in order and the. Yeah, I, I don't have a clue. If the, it's the money out. that uh, is allegedly to be spent on the infrastructure and repair and replacement of 
said utilities will uh, will go smoothly henceforth. You are implying a a hint of sarcasm in your voice. I I hesitate to go there because I um I, pointing fingers and laying blame is my mother has taught me is just doesn't doesn't get you farther down the road. Okay. But anyway, if I were asked, I I I, I do have a a pointed and um, opinionated idea of why these things might happen. Um, even though I'm a capitalist, I and I know that uh, corporates corporations need to show a profit. That many times that profit is highly inflated if certain necessary expenditures are uh, just overlooked. Gotcha. So that said, let's talk food plots because that's something is near and dear to my heart and. Um, well, I'm going to let you tease it because we've got a minute before break, and then we'll get into that. Okay. That sounds like a good idea. And we should probably wait until my sponsor, John Beatty, is awake so we can hear him talking. To, he can hear us talking about food plots. What time does John wake up, or should we call him now and see? I don't know. Should we? Might as well. If if we're up, everyone should be up. Um, yeah, I think I'll, I'll text him in the break and see if, uh, there we go. And see if he's awake. I would appreciate some uh, uh, technical um, information from him, as um, I know a lot, but I don't know everything. And um, he is the the technical guru for anything you might need in the way of seed, fertilizer. Um, and, of course, not just on the commercial grade. If you need mulch or soil mix, you can ride up there with your pickup truck, and they can set you up, and, and they're just nice people, good folks to to work with and um they uh, they did they created a um with ted mills uh mm-hmm. who's passed away ted was a great great american uh world war ii vet greatest generation and in his retirement really got into roses and he went to john's dad and they developed a very specific rose mills magic in it that's it and it has sold all over the country, probably all over the world. It is all over the world, yeah. And um, Ted was a great guy. And uh, he would uh, just tell you everything you wanted to know and then a whole lot more that you weren't really ready for about his roses and, and anything else, as long as he held you captive. So that's um, I, I have some, some interesting memories of, of great conversations with Ted. This, I just text John, and it's probably the one day he's not driving to swim. Ah, that's the open river swim. Yeah, well, it's bacteria-infused water yeah, probably is not that great. To... Plastic and bacteria-infused. Ah, nice. Nice. All right, we'll be right back, and we'll be getting into feed plots or uh, the struggles feed plots are probably having right now. That's right. We'll be right back. It sits above the Want to be part of the show? Give us a call, 267-1023, 267-1023, and quit texting me. But it damn sure ain't for sale. The good Lord only knows all the stories he can tell. Granddaddy's gone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That is more than the catchy jingle when it describes State Farm agent Rodney Allen. For over 20 years, Rodney and his team of professionals have been taking care of our family's insurance needs. Whether it's home, auto, life, or insurance, or your outdoor toys, 
Whatever it is, Rodney Allen and State Farm can handle these needs. Don't forget your banking and financial needs as well. Reach Rodney Allen and his staff at 423-847-3881. Again, that's 423-847-3881. And invest a few minutes of your time to deal with a financial professional and his staff. Rodney Allen, State Farm. Hey, don't wait until the last minute to get what you need for your hunting season. Head to Sportsman's Warehouse for great prices on guns, optics, camo clothing, and all the supplies you will need for this season. Whether it's camping, fishing, hiking, or hunting, whatever you need for your outdoor adventures, you can get it at Sportsman's Warehouse. You can find name brand products at better prices. If you don't see the gun you want on the store, in the store, which I find very hard to believe, go to sportsmans.com for over 8,000 additional guns to choose from. You can have the gun shipped directly to the store. Everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for Sportsman's Warehouse Loyalty Card. They'll give you bonus points towards gifts, cards, and other special discounts. Like them on Facebook so you can keep track of what's happening at your Sportsman's Warehouse. Sportsman's Warehouse, a great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors, hanging with you this Saturday morning. Kick Robbed out, or actually, the legal Rob's, system. Rob is on a highly deserved vacation. That's what it is. That's what it is. Going to the phones, put out the bat signal, and look who calls me, John Beatty. How you doing, John? Hey, Tony. Hey, Carter. How you guys doing? Good morning, sir. So Good. You- I thought you were going to say Rob was on some... You know, double secret mission that you couldn't reveal without taking us all out. Well, he is, and and you know, there is a little bit of hyperbole in 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 the the things that come out on the airways here. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, you you caught me at a good time. I was actually getting ready to dive into a concrete pond. Oh, so you're not in, going to the river. No, not today. My my trusty pilot is going out of town, and so with her out of town, I decided to stick to waters I'm more familiar with. I understand. Probably not a bad idea. Yeah. So Carter Carter brought up the food plots, and I thought, you know, what better person to get on here with us but John? Well, I don't know about that. Carter Carter does more. You and Carter do more of the food plots. So I will try to pass on a little bit of knowledge. Um, well, you know, one of the things that I have um, I have learned via experience over many years of doing this is when you get these these hot dry spells like we're in the midst of now. We've not really had much rain for um, you know about the last five weeks. Yep, is putting putting your stuff down too early, uh, your seed down too early, your um, uh, if, if you're using a, a petroleum-based type fertilizer too early that, um, you know, you may get a, a little bit of moisture, uh, you know, from a flash shower and, and enough to the seed thinks it can germinate, and it it does, but then, you know, you have six more weeks of, of hot, dry, and then a lot of that just goes to waste. and is really just bird seed. That is accurate, and... The the tricky thing, and you know you you know it is the timing because September over the has been traditionally, you know it, it's it's traditionally a warmer month 
than October. And sometimes it's cooler than August, but the last several years it seems like it's been a warmer, and this September has been extremely warm and extremely dry. So as you said, unless you've got a way of – unless you've got a plot near a good source of water that you could, you know, pump off and irrigate, which most hunters don't because of where their plots are, it's a really tricky timing about when to work up the ground – and then when to put everything out because, you know, you need to make sure it gets moisture. But if you put it out too early with the weather we're currently having, it's going to shrivel up. And if you put it out too late, time you guys get to, you know, your choice of um, deer season, you may not have anything there to attract them because it may still be trying to grow. Exactly. And and it's hard to hard to know when to do that. I, um, I'm in the the belief system that it's best to, Generally, if you know if you're doing a food plot, say an acre or less, um, which is probably the standard size. You know, most of them are probably less than that, a third of an acre. You know, yeah. if it's in in a woodlot or or something like that, or the center of a, a you know agriculture, what had been one time a pasture or something, um, is um, to kill, spray and kill everything that's there first, um, and so there's less competition. Uh, for what you're trying to plant um, with, uh, you know, not have the, the, the more noxious weeds and the, 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 the brushy stuff that, that grows up here, you know, all through the, the summer. Um, but then putting the, um, putting the seed down, even turning it under, um, you know, run, running back over it with a disc or, or a drag in an effort to cover it from, you know, immediate consumption by the birds, you you run the risk of it of, of there being enough germ, you know water to make it germinate, but then it comes up. It's you know three quarters of an inch long, and then it, then it just bakes. It's 103 degrees, yeah. and it just yeah. bakes, and it and and you're done. And um, I've had to go back and in doing it for some customers, go back and reseed um, to <laughs> which ensure, is never fun. No, I mean I charge for it. It's it's you know it's not not my fault that it doesn't rain. But, no, it, but it's just a whole other step that, uh, or two or three steps that you have to take to, to try to get it working. But um, the uh, it, it's it's a fine line. It's a, it's a balancing act, and um, the uh, something I guess that farmers have dealt with for millennia, mm-hmm. even part-time and, weekend farmers. Yeah, and what two pieces of advice I would pass along is one. Before, you know, whoever, you know, is going to do the food plot, um, Tony and Rob have done this about, I think most years they've done a food plot, at least with us, is before they, you know, ever put down any seed or any nutrients, they bring soil samples in to find out what their pH levels are. Because for most crops I know of for food plots, prefer somewhere between slightly acidic to closer to a neutral pH. Right. And so you want to, you know, take the time to to find out your pH, and if it needs adjusting, the liming it, whether it's, you know, dry or moisture in the air is not going to be an issue. In fact, if there's moisture in there, it definitely helps, but 
that's not going to necessarily get wasted. So I would recommend one, you know, checking your pH levels to, to see if those need to be adjusted. And two, whoever you get, whoever, you know, people trust for their game plot um, seeds, if they haven't checked with them, because seeds, seed companies, all, you know, try to improve, you know, the, the purity of the seed, how they germinate, how fast they germinate. Check with your seed source. It's this um, sportsman's warehouse. Check with them to see, you know, what they what the germination period is, and if you can time it to get out when we've got a, a good string of, you know, moisture coming through. Get it out, you know, several days before that, so it's in the ground, and then when the moisture comes through, it'll start having, um, you know, water and especially if it's not something that's going to need a long time to germinate and get to growing because, um, you know, that way you don't have it sitting out there too long. Sure. Yeah, you know, wheat or oats, stuff like that, pops up very quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's just got enough moisture to, to break dormancy, it'll it'll pop out real well. And your point about the pH is 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 spot on. Um, I've, I've learned that the, just from experience but also from, you know, studies that the, um, the, the pH is many times more um, effective, uh, more problematic even than, you know, the, than fertilizer. And um, I had a customer, a friend who had, had cleared uh, some wooded areas, decided he was going to make some food plots. And, I mean, it was, it was big standing woods. Well, that soil was highly acidic. I mean, it was oaks and hickories and, and everything else, and he went and planted the wheat and the and some clover, and it came up. But I mean, it was just the palest, nastiest yellow you've ever seen. And he put triple ten or whatever on it. And I said, "Well, the 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 stuff can't even take in the nutrients because the pH is is going to be way too low. It needs mm-hmm. to um needs needs to be more in the neutral range." And so I've gotten him in the habit of putting lime out twice a year, and and adding clover um, in an effort to feed the soil. And uh, get that back, and um, he's he's done that this summer, and but now they're waiting for some, uh, you know, a spot of rain on the horizon where they can go back and uh, and reseed, and um, do a mixture of, I think what works best really is just clover, a mixture of some clover and um, which feeds the soil, and then wheat and uh, and some ryegrass, which is typically very inexpensive. And uh, they, they, the deer, the turkeys especially, tend to really key on that stuff. And, um, you know, you can go crazy and plant all kinds of stuff, and those, those bagged mixtures of seed are, are good, um, you know, for uh, kind of a sampling, a, you know, a smorgasbord for the critters. But um, as far as just, uh, you know, having something green and chewable, the uh, keep it simple down to uh, the... Yep. Uh, wheat and rye and clover. And yep, and I've got a chart which I'll send to you and Tony. Um, and if Tony wants to post it on the Tony Sunders Outdoor Show uh, Facebook or website, he can. It shows, you know, it shows how much of your nutrients or or fertilizer is wasted. The lower your pH levels are below neutral. All right. So as you know, you just said, you know, if the pH is off, 
you could put down a barge load of nutrients and it's, you know, it, you'll get a little, but you're going to be throwing more of your money away than you're going to gain. And clover is, if you, if far, if guys have got, or guys, gals have got food plots that are in not so easy to get to areas, clover is one of the better, is a good one to put down because clover makes, pulls its own nitrogen out of the atmosphere. So, you know, and nitrogen is what's needed for, uh, really for the growth. So it's less things you have to consider hauling in unless you've got a Sherpa like, you know, Rob, and then you just load him up and take and send it in. Hey, John, I'm going to have to go to a break, man. I, I, I appreciate you calling in and, and have have uh, a good morning not drowning. I'll send you I'll send you that uh, okay. chart, and you all can do with it what you want. That's great. great. Thank, Thank you, you, man. Sir. Appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks. Have a good day. Thanks. John Beatty from Beatty Fertilizer, who you're getting ready to hear a commercial for Beatty right now. Tony Sanders Outdoors will be right back. white oak acorns started to drop, so many I twisted my ankle walking through the stand. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Beatty's has years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty's Fertilizer. Sports' Warehouse has always supported the Chattanooga community and all the local conservation groups, wild game dinners, youth events, and much, much more. Please go and see them today at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Because whatever you need, whether it's camping, fishing, hiking, or hunting, whatever you need for your outdoor adventures, you can get it at Sports' Warehouse. Sports' Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Check them out at sportsmans.com. Sports' Warehouse, located at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. I can't remember who that football coach was that never did manage the clock very well. Uh, it was, you know, it was one of the local coaches, like you know, Butch Jones or somebody. I don't know. Anyway, I have not managed the clock well because we got about a minute and a half left, and uh, I got so into list. I did, if, if you notice the segment with you and John, I didn't say a word. I just listened because uh, I was learning from it. Well, and it, it takes. There's a lot of technical and. One of the things I studied in school, which was chemistry, was I was not good at. I just, just, just could not grasp the the major elements of elements and stuff like that. But I can, uh, I understand the the premise, the, right. the basic parts of that, and I, um, and and that's where it starts is in the soil and ensuring that you know what you're trying to plant has adequate. Uh, soil and and the chemistry there to to let it do its thing. Got a couple things coming up. Uh, the twenty eighth of September, Quail Forever Banquet. Hope you guys will come out and see us at Highland Sportsman Club for that. Doors open at five thirty. Should be a lot of fun. Also, the twenty fourth of October is the DU event at Camp Jordan, and uh, we'll be here. Actually, they'll be in. We'll be talking a little bit next week. And then they'll be in a couple times before the, the actual event. But that's coming up. So get out there. First hour's in the can, man. It goes by quick. It does. 
It's a lot of fun. Oh, and by the way, go Mox. The balls suck. The balls really suck right now. So go Mox. Go Mox. Yeah, I, I posted uh, somewhere. I win either way. UT or UTC, I'm going to win today. So. Putting that big money down, huh? You betcha. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Don't stop that podcast now. That's only one half of the show. We'll be right back with the second half of Tony Sanders Outdoors. Tighten your life vest, wrap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Hanging with you this Saturday morning. Absent the trout professor, but... An able body fill in. Thank you. Thank you very much. Elvis. Uh-huh. How you doing? So your wife is listening? Really? Apparently so. So I guess we're going to have to clean it up and, and be uh, very polite this morning. Good morning. Hi, honey. Uh, for years, I had a, a black Suburban, Tony Center's Outdoors, emblazoned on the side of it, you know, reflective silver. People would ask my wife where I was on the radio. I don't know. I'm like, it's in the driveway. <laughs> it's been in the driveway for seven years. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right on. No, she I don't know that she's ever. The only time I think she's ever heard the show was when maybe one of the kids was on the show, which has only been like once or twice. All right. Well, if you'd like to call in, the number is 267-1023. That number again, 267-1023. You're pretty regular on radio here. I, I listen often, w- when possible, um, uh, during the week. And um, I'm on, on a lot. I just prefer that format to, you know, same old songs, same old songs. And, of course, like you're talking about, you know, I, I just saw Luke Bryan's name, you know, your intro. Right. Thing. I, I just... I, I can tolerate a little bit of country music, but like when I see Luke Bryan, I, all I can see is the meme I saw on the on Facebook, where it, he looks just like Butthead from Beavis and Butthead, and um, I, I, that's all I can think about now when I, I understand. see him. But and that's a, probably the only Luke Bryan song I play. <laughs> um, actually, JD, you need to work in some Eddie money today, just in tribute uh, to, yes. to when I was growing up. Eddie Money. Yeah. I, I do have a quick story that I can make PG-13. Okay. It's good, better be. Had a guy, uh, a friend I, I used to have that had gone out to California to seek his fortune and fame and was working for a pool company, answering the telephone. And somebody called up and said, hey, man, I need my pool cleaned today. I'm having a big party tonight. And he's like, well, sir, we can put you on the, uh, put you on the list, and uh, I can have a uh, technician out to your house uh, next Tuesday. You don't understand. This is Eddie blanking money and i need my pool clean right now i could see him <laughs> saying that and my friend said well i'm john blanking whatever and you'll have to call somebody else buddy <laughs> that's too funny I, I can see that 
He mean he went quick. He just announced it last week that he had it. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, that's, that's the uh, way. That's the way. I, I mean, I if if I get if I get the big C, I want to go right like that. Yeah, I don't want to. Well, I tell you what, it's um, you can't pick and choose. You um, cannot. How how it is? I, I would say that's maybe the, the the lesser of the evils compared to. Like Alzheimer's, I mean, you, yep. you've had your your mom suffered, my right. grandmother suffered for years, yeah, and it's that's a horrible, horrible thing to see. And somebody, um, somebody asked, my dad went quick, like uh, rushed into the hospital, and he didn't make the night. Yeah, my mom went through with Alzheimer's and dementia and Parkinson's and all the stuff that comes along with that, and so I just looked at somebody and said they both suck. Yeah. They do, you know. The problem is the 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 biggest problem with with Alzheimer's and stuff is they die twice. You lose them, yeah. and then they die, and and that's that was the hard part. Sure, that, that, and that, it is, and this is an awful morbid subject. To, yeah, it's life to delve into while you're we're on the cusp of hunting season. Yeah, it actually is bow season today in Georgia. You know, I I find it. They always open up a couple of weeks before us. Yep. Um, and they, do they go? They usually go after us too, right? They have typically Georgia has typically stopped on the first of January. That was the last day okay. of hunting season. Although they have extended that now um, with the gun season, and then I think there are some counties that are allowed bow only hunts on into January. One of the one of the things that we keep getting asked by hunters um, is they get real frustrated that the muzzleloader season is between bow and gun. They won't. Well, there's two or three schools. One school is to shoot whatever doesn't matter. Just shoot. Whether you want a gun, bow, who cares? The whole season. Then there's a group that wants muzzleloader. Who are in the prime rut, typically here in Tennessee, they want that moved to the end so they can open that up to gun hunting, the rut. So you know, muzzleloader is—I got muzzleloaders are just as accurate as my guns. I was, I was fixing to say. So you know, I like muzzleloader season. The biggest deer I've ever killed, the ten pointer, was in muzzleloader season. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it because if I see a deer, I can shoot it, mm-hmm. whether it's a bow, I mean, a doe or, or, or a buck doesn't matter. I mean, it's a great time to fill a freezer. Sure. Uh, and, and, and typically it is less brutal weather. I mean, it's, it's early yeah. in November. It's typically cool enough that it's, it's pleasant. Um, it's, you, you're not typically, I've had opening days of gun season where hunting up near, Crossville, where it was so cold. I mean, it, it was fourteen degrees. Yep. And it's brutal. And I mean, that's part of it. But it, um, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the muzzle loading. And um, a, a good friend of mine, Scott, um, and I have been putting in for years now. I think we're up to eleven years. We've been putting in to get these get bull elk tags out in Utah, in a in an area that my my uncle, a retired game warden, had suggested we put in for for a, a real trophy elk, and we're ain't anywhere close to getting drawn. I don't think. I mean, from 
what we've kind of garnered is it's going to take us 18 points okay. uh, or better. So I uh, in, went to Colorado this summer, and my uncle introduced me to a, a gentleman who, local guy, old older guy, somebody my uncle's known for 40 years, who does guide service and, and guides, and he has uh, leases in areas there in Colorado, western Colorado. And um, and he he said first off he goes you know if you're looking for a, a trophy wall hanger world class buck he goes we ain't got them probably he goes there may be one here or there he goes but you know we've got we got a lot of animals and they're typically well fed and um, you know we've got property available high in elevation lower in elevation and y'all come on so we're looking to maybe expand upon that next year. And do a uh, do a trip. They, when you mentioned the the long range shooting capacity up there at uh, the dead zero, uh, dead zero shooting, yep. um, I've got a seven mag, and I need to I need to zero it at something beyond a hundred yards. Oh, absolutely. Um, I've I've got it I've got it at a hundred yards, which you know is fine. But that my, my friends that they've got a range set up there, two two sighted rifles, but it's a hundred yards. So. Um, I need to get more comfortable with that rifle, and 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 stretch it out a little bit and low. And that's the beauty of that that thousand yard range up there, in my opinion, because you're probably not going to take a thousand yard shot. But the one thing I like is before they'll let you shoot the thousand yards, you've got to be able to comfortably hit the six hundred. Mm-hmm. Six hundred is not an uncommon shot, really. So, you know, people ask when I went out there. Um, the last time, you know, what did you get set up for? I set up for a 500 yard shot. Really? Yeah. Wow. I did. And now am I going to take a 500 yard shot? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, more likely it's going to be 300 or less, mm-hmm. but I was set up, uh, when I, when I went bow hunting, whereas here I'm ready for a 30 yard shot bow hunting. I was set up when I was out West for 65. Really? Yes. I wanted that to be my comfortable range. I could go past it. I could come in, but I wanted to be comfortable at 65, mm. uh, 65, 70, whatever it was. And, uh, and so, and, and that's what I practiced. I mean, I was really, uh, practicing and same thing with the rifle. I was really practicing. So I was comfortable at 500, mm-hmm. um, because if you're an inch off at, at 300, that's a foot off at five. Sure. Sure. So, you know, now I didn't, I, I've never taken an elk with a rifle uh, or a bow, um, but it was, that was what I felt like I needed to do. Well, and, and that's, that's, that's good advice. I, um, I, when I was up there this summer in, the, in this one canyon that, um, and I asked my uncle, who who is an elk hunter and, and a retired game warden, you talked to him on right. the air here, and he, uh, he said, look, you know, what, what you basically would be doing because I was asking him about the deer hunting, and, and we're driving up through there, and these mule deer are just standing by the side of the road looking at you. Mm-hmm. And I said, are, are they more wary? He goes, no, mule deer are stupid as a box of hammers, and they'll just stand there and look at you until gun season opens up, and then you can't find them. Right. But um, he said that, you know, imagine you're going to park here, you're going to walk up the road, then you're going to walk up that mountain over there, and you're going to set up, and you're going to glass back over here to this mountain, which is – 
probably over 1,000 yards. I mean, from the peak to peak, it's probably a mile, which is, what, 1,500 yards. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're going to be sitting up looking for them and, uh, you know, then attempt to, you know, narrow that gap by maneuvering or getting in a spot where, you know, you might be able to ambush them. And I'm going, if you don't just sit in a tree and wait for them to walk by and, and shoot them in the neck at 30 yards, he goes, no, ain't like that. So, <laughs> um. Anyway, I, I'm 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 going to need to go up there and and stretch a stretch a barrel and see see what I can do comfortably with this seven mag. Well, my next adventure is I want to go antelope hunting. Ooh, speed goats, speed goats, and um, so I've got the gun. I've got to get my I bought a uh, Quigley Forge scope that I've got to get put on that, but I'm going to take a 300 wind short mag mm-hmm. uh, for my my antelope gun. Mm-hmm. And but I want to kind of same thing about dead zero. I want to be very comfortable at shooting that at a six hundred yards. Wow! Yeah. Um, just to you know, would I take a shot at a thousand yards? I don't know. That's an ethical kill. I'd have to look at the ballistics of a, a short. Yeah, that, that'd be that's tough. That's a long one, but that would be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. If if you could do it, and, if you could do it, if and, you could do it, and you know, if if they don't move. In the time it takes from that for that bullet to make that that distance, um, you know they take one step and yeah. or a half a step and and that's it. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's it, it's a whole different ball game out there. Yeah. And and you know being used to you know sitting around here where you know I, realistically a hundred yard shot is 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 a stretch unless you're hunting bean fields or something. Um, you know most of what you see around here is. You see that deer at 40 yards and be able to look at it and decide if you want it or not. And All right. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Ladies Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Babies have years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty's Fertilizer. Hey, you just heard Carter and I talking about going up to dead zero and shooting 1,000-yard range. Uh, that's not many places in this area you can do that. Not many places in the United States you can find, go shoot 1,000 yards, but you can at dead zero shooting park. It's right up the road, just about 30 minutes north of Chattanooga. You can get up there easily. Just take 111, go to the top of the mountain, wait till the county changes on flat top up there, and you're there. It's that easy. Check it out, dead zero shooting park. Art.com or give them a call at 1 800 7758. I'm sorry, 800 7758. 800 7758. Today they have the uh, IDPA monthly shoot and the 1,000 yard bench rest match. This is a great place to go up there and get ready for that Western trip, whether it's antelope, elk, or whatever you need to be able to reach out there and get at 1,000 yards. You need to be prepared to do that. Check it out, Dead Zero Shooting Park. DeadZeroShooting.com
Sanders Outdoors. Coming straight to the phones for James. Hey, James, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. This is Tony. This is Tony. Hey, yep. Tony, this is James Askins. Hey, James. I just have a question first, if you don't mind. All right. Uh, I have an opportunity to go duck hunting. I've hunted all my life, but I've never duck hunted. Okay. Do I need a special stamp other than the migratory bird? Yes. You need a federal duck stamp. Okay. Um, you go and to I the can post office. Do that online, I'm sure. You can, you can do it online, and they'll mail it to you. Or you can go to the post office, actually, yep. and buy it, which is what I normally do. You, okay. I didn't not not, not every post, post office, office branch will have one, but um, the the one downtown in the federal building does. Um, the one in Birchwood does. Really? Yep. And uh, the one on Lookout Mountain usually does. Although, check it because one year I went in to buy one. And they sold me last year's stamp. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, know oh. that uh, when you get it, you to be legal, you have to affix it to your license and sign your name across it uh, to ensure that. Uh, oh, so it's, it's, it's a, not something I could do through the app. Well, no, you can buy it online, and they will actually mail you the stamp. But but it okay. is a physical stick-on stamp that uh, that goes on to your license. And um, yeah, it's uh, there's it's it's a neat history about that that uh, you can look up and study. I mean, there's a competition every year for the artwork that goes into um, what is used on the stamp, and uh, it's 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 a neat, very 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 neat kind of historical element, and that money is well utilized by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Department. We hope. Well, thank you for that info. Mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I'm a member of Quell Forever. Looking forward to the banquet. And uh, awesome. Uh, dead zero. I'm excited. I'll be able to get to that in the next couple of weeks. Good deal, James. Thank you so much, man. And one thing uh, to remember about duck hunting. Yes. Is uh, don't don't stick your big pie face up in the air when when someone says duck. That means keep your face down. Don't 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 sit don't sit there and look look around like where where's that? Gotcha. Thank you guys. Enjoy. Very much. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks, James. You enjoy duck hunting, right? I do enjoy duck hunting quite a bit. I I like the fact that you can um, be be with some other people. There's you know a little bit of some camaraderie yep. involved there, and and of course having a a good bird dog, a good retriever. And I've hunted with some people that have some of the very best. I've hunted some with some really bad dogs too mm-hmm. that are not fun. When the person in, supposedly in charge is standing up just cursing the dog's name again and again and again, and we're telling everybody, "Sit down and shut up! Here, here they come!" And this dog's over here trying to dry hump a, a round bale or something. Yeah. I understand. But, hey, as I ask a lot of people this, and I'm going to ask you, you do a lot of different things as we established in the first hour. If you could only hunt one thing, what would it be? Mm. Well, there's not as much meat on a duck no. as there is on a deer. No. Um, one of the greatest draws I have to deer hunting is the solitude and the quiet and the sitting there in the woods like uh, literally a bump on a log. 
watching the world come, you know, watching the woods come awake around me. I'd say I probably have to go with the deer hunting, and um, I, I I enjoy you know watching them, seeing them. I, I don't generally, you know, I, it, it's I don't have the bloodlust that maybe I had as a as a younger man, because it's a lot more work now at fifty two years old to drag one of those yep. big things out of the woods. Oh man, that's, that's why you have side by sides and four wheelers. <laughs> yes. True, but um, no, I, I really enjoy deer hunting. I'm going next weekend down in Georgia. Uh, it's archery season, and um, we'll uh, hopefully be able to put some meat in the freezer. Uh, does are available. Now, the the same property, I if I don't screw up next week and really make somebody mad, then I will get invited back during the rut for a rifle hunt in November, and I am uh, will probably save my buck for that period um, just when they're 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 moving. They're active. They're they're doing their thing. They're and the deer get really really stupid. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, it, it, I'd have to say deer. I am. Um, yeah, I've been. I have been struggling with because there's only so much time available. Sure. And do I want to deer hunt or do I want to bird hunt? And when I start looking, you know, you're talking about going out west hunting and, uh, you know, deer hunting. I don't spend a lot of money on deer hunting because I got the equipment and all that stuff. But I really do love the bird hunting aspect. And it's like, man, and just what you're talking about, ducks. You know, sitting in a duck blind, there is nothing more fun than sitting in a duck blind with a bunch of people that you enjoy being with. Especially if you're not the FNG yes. and the butt of all the jokes. Correct. That's right. uh so Which I, I have been i enjoy that uh and i do enjoy the deer hunting but to me i don't get as excited about the deer hunt as i do the bird hunt yeah. and so uh and and i've gotten into uh i've gotten into 16 gauge guns too and so i've been trying to i'm trying to acquire additional 16 gauges and it's kind of interesting it's just it's coming back 16 gauge uh there's a bunch of people that are making them now browning satori comes out has one stevens has got one it's supposed to be really nice mm. uh frankie has one that they just came out with and so it's like this is really it's been kind of cool and one guy gave me a great suggestion i'm gonna start doing this going to pawn shops yep uh just to, and just leave them in my car and say hey i want 16 gauge i want you to give me a call i'll be up right there. i have a 16 gauge it was First shotgun I ever bought, and I, uh, it's a Wingmaster 870, mm-hmm. uh, no interchangeable choke, just an improved yep. cylinder. I, with that shotgun, I have killed dove, ducks, deer with a slug, um, squirrels. There, where did you find still shot for a 16-gauge? Or I, I got it out of Sportsman's is, Warehouse. Is this back before they had... Huh? Oh, okay. No, I got I I got some out at Sportsman's. Uh, I don't know. It was probably ten years ago. I mean, and um, the I, I I I did buy some from Dars when he was still yeah. open. Yeah. I, I bought a whole bunch from him. That probably sat on the shelf for a while, but right. And it's sitting in the safe. But yeah, it's um, I I, I like the sixteen gauge. It's a, I do too. And there's a there's a book of face. Uh, there's a uh, there's a group out there called 16 Gauge Society, 
Mm-hmm. And it's all dedicated to, it's a closed group, uh, but it's all dedicated to the uh, the 16 gauge. And they're great guys. Mm. I asked a question the other day, you know, talking about, hey, I'm getting into the 16 gauge. That's what my dad always hunted with. You know, can you guys give me some uh, ideas on, on modern, is the word I use, uh, 16 gauges? And then one guy responded. It was awesome. He said, since you use the word modern, I'm assuming you don't mean new. And then he went through this litany of 16 gauges going back to the 50s to now. Wow. Yeah. That he said, you ought to try to track some of these down. They're really awesome guys. Mm. Well, that's, that's, that's interesting. And, you know, I, I do like the bird hunting. The When my, when my dog chief was alive and we, we had gone out to my, my buddy Hole, we, we went out to Kansas on one of our Lewis and Clark trips. Decided to get a guide to go pheasant hunting. And uh, poor old Chief, he, he didn't care for that too much. One, it was about 75 degrees in December. And we had to walk and walk and walk. And by the time we got, and we flushed some pheasants and we shot them. It was a kind of a put-and-take type right. of place. We did flush a bunch of quail, uh, which was cool. And I didn't know if we could shoot them or not, so I just stood there and watched them, which was interesting. But poor old Chief, he just he was dragging that butt behind me the whole about the last half a mile, and he's like, man, why don't we just sit here and wait for the ducks to come to us? Just <laughs> walk around looking for them is a bunch of junk. That's so too he, funny. He, he wasn't much of a upland hunter. I understand. All right. We're going to go take a break. Man. It's it flying is. by. It is. It is. Lower. Hey, some of y'all call in. I've told all my dadgum buddies out there, call in the number 423 Oh, oh, wait, that's, that's my number. No, uh, 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 423-267-1023. Carter Parham, the, the landscaping and, and lawn guy. That's right. Out and if way. your irrigation system's not working today, there it's not go. my fault. We'll be right back. Since Tony Sanders Outdoors came on the air, Sportsman's Warehouse has been one of our premier sponsors as they were the first and longest-lasting large retailer in our area. They are your one-stop source for hunting and fishing equipment, firearms and supplies, camping, boating, outdoor clothing, and so much more. There are two differences about Sportsman's Warehouse, their people and their support of the conservation efforts that matter to you. No other retailer in our area supports locally like Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors, Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Listening to all this Eddie money, I may have to change my show back up to rock and roll here. Rock and roll. It never grows old. It really doesn't. And you know what? If it's too loud, you're too old. There you go. Hey, another person that died this week was T Boone Pickens. I don't know if you're how much you knew about T Boone. He was uh, he's one of those guys I always admired. 
first what a guy. first corporate rigger, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, or one he was a two. geology major. He was a geology major. Yep. Same uh, as Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was a geology Michael Jordan was a geology major. A friend of mine went to graduated from Carolina uh-huh. and he gets the alumni magazine and they list the averaged salaries <laughs> by majors. Yeah. And, um, and Michael messes it up, doesn't he? Yeah, and you know most geology majors, pro- you know, if any other school, are probably forty grand a year. And at University of North Carolina, you know that that average has jumped up to like you know two point eight million dollars is the average salary, thanks to Mr. Michael Jordan. Do they do they um uh, do they clarify that for anybody, or do they just leave it out there I, hoping that you'll come? Yeah. Um, but a couple things, uh. At T. Boone Pickens' ranch in Texas, Mesa Ranch, uh, he, big quail hunter. Loved quail hunt. We were talking about upland game hunting. Uh, big quail place out there. He loved quail hunting. Uh, and he was a great supporter of his university. I mean, uh, they, they said he, State, yeah. Yeah, they said he gave, he wrote the largest single check, $160 million, wow. to the football program. But he gave, I think they said he gave over $650 million in Over his, the course of his yeah. his career, wow, that's amazing. That's pretty awesome. So good for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's give give him back. You know, you 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 can't take it with you. Th- this is true. This is true. And and invested in something like the his ranch, I'm sure you know will will be able to carry on for for generations. Um, unless, of course, the succeeding generations. Yeah, yeah. The, the kids are a bunch of jerks and ruin it for everybody. Hey, speaking of speaking of that. Uh, you remember the the very attractive cheerleader Kendall Jones? No, ma'am, I do not. Okay, no, sir. I, my voice is listening, so no, I don't. <laughs> I don't look at other attractive women. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Kendall Jones was the uh, the cheerleader from I think Texas A and M, who um, became famous because she posted some pictures on Facebook of her uh, killing some. African animals and different, a lot of, I mean, and, and she is very attractive. And then you had her sitting there with, you know, a dead Gimsbach or whatever. So it kind of blew up and, and, uh, all kinds of, <laughs> that's your wife saying, I heard that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so she's actually got a, uh, um, a movie coming out that, that she's produced. Now her dad was a huge hunter and she was very, very close to her dad who's dead. And, and during all this, she was getting a lot of comments like, your dad should die. For, of course, he was. Mm. You know, so you had all this all this drama and stuff going on. And she handled it pretty pretty well, I think. So she was attacked by the keyboard warrior. Oh, God. Yeah, really bad. The vagina hat-wearing uh, people. It was uh-huh. just, yeah, it was just, it was really, it was bad. Anyway, she's got a show. I, I saw it yesterday. She's got a show that's coming out about all of that. Mm. And... Uh, but I say all that because she actually, the ranch that she grew up on is actually a ranch that you can kind of like, we were just talking about the ranch will continue. She actually runs it now. It was her and her dad's or her dad's, and then she runs it. And uh, and I was talking to some people that have been there, and they said, oh, no, no, she's very active on the ranch. It's not it's not just hers and by name only. She's right. involved. Right. Uh, and so it's out in Texas as well. But yeah, I just saw where she's got something coming out—a uh, a movie documentary on. on well, that would be an interesting thing for my I, wife and I to watch. I, th- I think so. I mean, it really is. It was uh, 
the the attacks were brutal. Uh, it was unbelievable. Uh, and and I started to call in the other day. I don't call in to other shows here much. Brian Joyce was talking about he had a problem with trophy hunting. And and I wanted to kind of I wanted to call in and correct him. Number one, I understand what you're saying, but there is no difference between trophy hunting and regular hunting. Because he said he was okay if you use the the food, use the meat for food. Well, in your trophy hunting, whether it's lions, whether it's um, any of the big five, the meat is all consumed by the villages. Yes, you don't get to bring it back with you. Right, it's you get to bring the cape back. The head, the trophy. But for that, I paid twenty five to fifty thousand dollars to get it. Right. That money gets put back. The most of the anti poaching that is is done in Africa is paid for by the outfitters that are using the money that I pay to go trophy hunt right. to pay for the anti poaching efforts. So it, I wanted to I wanted to kind of correct him on that aspect of it. Well, I don't know that correcting someone like that would, and, and it may effective. not. But it just—it was just interesting listening. He was against trophy hunting, but he was for—he didn't have a problem with people hunting for food. And I'm—and that's it's the same thing. And so, exactly, and that's the part that most people don't understand. And it again, we—we—they're stupid. And I'm not saying that Brian is stupid, but there's ignorance, Correct. and ignorance is okay. You just—it's a lack of knowledge. That's all it is. But be willing to be educated. Exactly. And I think he would. I've, I've had conversations with him. I don't, I just, it's not about that. I just I don't normally call into other shows to unless I'm asked to, okay? Because I got two hours on the radio. I can do whatever I want to do here. Uh, but so I was listening to all that. But the whole Cecil the Lion crap. You remember that, right? With the right? dentist and the dentist that they the, tried to ruin the, his life and threats, all that stuff, threatening his his family. Oh and yeah, everything. yeah, ridiculous. Well, and that was what was happening to to Kendall Jones. I mean, she was being threatened. They wanted her to die. I hope you die. I hope that rhino runs over you and and kills you. <laughs> I mean, that's that was what was going on when all this happened. And there's others. Don't get me wrong. You got Tiffany and all these these ladies, uh, Brenda Valentine, which I know well. Uh, all these people that have come, but she, but in this world of social media, she was the one that I remember the first one that really got viciously attacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I say all that. Uh, I have no reason why I was saying all that. But so talking about the, well, the Cecil the Lion deal. After all that unbelievable uproar, what did what did Africa do? They brought in sharpshooters and they killed two hundred and twenty lions because people would not come down there and hunt them. Right. It's not about the trophy. No. It is about the conservation. conservation. It is, we are the it. apex predator. And sometimes you've got, because what these people here that don't get it, don't understand, is the people in Africa, their living is being, is making, is raising cows and what food and whatever they raise. And these lions are killing them. Right. And it's, I understand if you don't want to hunt, don't participate. I get it. But you need to understand what actually is involved when you start taking these stances that you don't understand what you're talking about. And, and if you want to protest, you don't say you don't like hunting, go buy a hunting license and then don't use it. Exactly. And know that you've spent money to help provide wildlife habitat, to help provide enforcement for proper conservation yeah. laws. And Not to mention would, 
the non-game animals. And, that, and all the non-game animals. Absolutely. Correct. All right. We'll be back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Sportsman's Warehouse has always supported the Chattanooga community and all the local conservation groups, wild game dinners, youth events, and much, much more. Please go and see them today at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Because whatever you need, whether it's camping, fishing, hiking, or hunting, whatever you need for your outdoor adventures, you can get it at Sportsman's Warehouse. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Check them out at sportsmans.com. Sportsman's Warehouse, located at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That is more than the catchy jingle when it describes State Farm agent Rodney Allen. For over 20 years, Rodney and his team of professionals have been taking care of our family's insurance needs. Whether it's home, auto, life, or insurance, or your outdoor toys, whatever it is, Rodney Allen and State Farm can handle these needs. Don't forget your banking and financial needs as well. Reach Rodney Allen and his staff at 423-847-3881. Again, that's 423-847-3881. And invest a few minutes of your time to deal with a financial professional and his staff. Rodney Allen, State Farm. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Beatty's has years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors wrapping it up this Saturday morning. Well, this time has just flown by. Carter, thanks for coming in, man. This has been fun. I've enjoyed it. Hey, I want to give a big shout-out to my good buddy Don down in Statesboro, Georgia, listening via the magic of the interwebs. Is he going to Is he the one that's going to let you hunt next week? No, no, different guy. Okay. But uh, Don is a uh, chef extraordinaire and chef. has made the uh, – he, he owns a seafood uh, uh uh, seafood market okay. there in Statesboro and uh, has come for years and years up to the PFF that uh, I we inaugurated Rob into last year. How come I never gotten invited to the PFF? Well, because you're not a fly snob. We just discussed that in the first hour. Okay. Good and you, you, you might be chastised and lambasted if you show up there with your Zipco 404 and your your box, box of crickets. But, and corn? Uh, and corn? Yeah, and it, yeah, especially the corn because that um, it doesn't stay on the hook very well. But uh, shout out to Don; he's a good man. Always shows up with some good that low country boil he does. I've I've helped him tend the fire when it was 
38 degrees and raining sideways, and we're out there trying to get get the kettle boiling. And um, he's he's good people right there. Good deal. Um, yeah, maybe someday I get to go with you and Rob fishing. We'll do that when it's not hunting season. I understand. I understand. Uh, ran into a, a buddy. Uh, I won't name him, but you uh, you took Rob to his place fishing up there near where near the water. Yes, in, in the Sandhill Grains. Uh, he was at uh, the uh, Medal of Honor Heritage Shoot. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was shooting, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Good stuff. Yeah, he's uh, he told me the other day the fishing sucks right now out of his place, but they're shooting a bunch of dove, which sounds pretty cool. It I is. Don't, I don't get that invite either. Interesting how that works. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, well. Carter, it's been fun, man. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, Tony. Maybe uh, I, may, I may have to get you next week if Rob is still intertwined in the judicial system. I don't know. Let, he's doing his duty, and we're all thankful that there are those willing to do so. I agree. I agree 100%. And uh, impressive that he's doing it. And uh, I just don't think it was what he thought it would be. <laughs> all right. Tony Sanders Outdoors, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Hunting, fishing, loving every day. That's the prayer that a country boy prays. Thank God he made me this way. You have been listening to a podcast of the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors show. Please subscribe to our service to get updated shows weekly throughout the year. Lock us on all the social medias to keep up with what's going on on Tony Sanders Outdoors.